The pickleball chicks are obsessed with America's fastest growing sport, pickleball. Get ready for on and off the court hot topics, lots of laughs, cocktails and champagne with your hosts, Annie and Rebecca. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Annie. And we're, we're the Pickleball, pickleball chicks. chicks! Oh my gosh! We've got a good one today! Ninth episode, and by the way, today, 4,000 followers on Woo! Instagram! Thank you! Thank, Thank you, you for following us and enjoying our content and being a part of the Pickleball journey. Yes. So, a couple things. Mm -hmm. Word of the day? Tip. Tip. And the drink of the day today. Well, we had a birthday. It was Rebecca's birthday. February is a very important month for Rebecca, even though it is March 1st today. We haven't had an opportunity to celebrate with all of you. So here we have the Iron Butterfly with, of course, a little pink sparkle and a nice candle. You see that? The colors. Ooh. Happy birthday, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much. Woo! Okay, this is great. We're going to take this little Yeah, we should out. take this out because I would guess that we would burn our lips off. I that. think we might. All so, right. Cheers. Thank you so much for the birthday wishes. And happy you know birthday. what? I've had a lot of people on Instagram from our group saying happy birthday too. So I just want to say thank you so much. That means so much. Mm, very nice. And you're a special gal. So happy birthday. Thank you. Mm -hmm. mm. Very nice. That, that oh. was a good one. Oh my gosh. All right. Should we get started? We should. Let's get started. And remember, when you hear the word of the day, tip. Take a sip. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Okay, Rebecca, let's introduce our very special guest. So special that he came across the pond. Making waves in the pickleball space is Mr. Mark Price. Welcome, yes. Mark. Oh, we are so excited to get to meet Thank you. you finally. Thank you. So we have really enjoyed all your content and everyone has asked us so much about it because anytime we need a trip, where do we go? MarkPricePickleball.com. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. So we'd love to hear just a quick little uh, snippet of how you became obsessed with pickleball and how that all came to be and how you came to the United States. Yes. Yes, yeah, so I came to the States because of love. I um, met a girl from Rome, Georgia, and she brought me over from England. How did, was Four it years in ago. college or how did you meet her? So we met on Instagram over food. We were both sharing about food posts. So it was oh, a, a really crazy meeting. And um, oh. started to uh, write to each other and then FaceTime and then it grew from there. So it's like a Hallmark story. Oh, cute. <laughs> I love it. We That's are, cool. We're foodies. Yes, yes we <laughs> are foodies. Yeah. Yes, we are. Okay, so let's get into some tips since you're the tip master <laughs> Thank you. but that is that is true let's do true. it so if you could what's your number one tip mm. that you've ever given out 
the one that the most people have commented on your Instagram? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I'd have to ask my media manager to find out because <laughs> <laughs> he is the stat. He's the stat master. But, um, okay, what's the one that you feel like has really uh, been one that mm. people kind of come up to you and just really enjoyed? Yeah, I think I like to use letters for coaching because it's easy to remember. So I often use it's just how my brain works. I'll I'll be thinking of an area. And I'll think of something that has the same letter to help people remember. So I wrote a tip on the three O's, which is about resetting the ball. So when to reset. So if you're off, off balance, off court or outstretched, you should be resetting the ball. And often when we are, when we're pushed off court or we're off balance, we want to get them back. <laughs> so we want to attack the player who made us feel uncomfortable. And it's the wrong move by, by attacking when you're off court, you, your whole court's open. So often, beginners will tend to get pushed off court or off balance, and they're attacking back, and they're in a vulnerable position because they're not balanced or they're off court. So that was what I call the three O's of resetting. So I think those resonate with people where they have a, a good way to remember a tip. If you give, you know, a letters or, or a simple way to remember. Right. So that's one of my favorites. I like that one. We like it too. Mm -hmm. Now we have a girlfriend who um, has gotten into the pickleball recently and mm. she has really uh, run up against where everybody and anybody who she plays against wants to tell her the way it is and where she should stand and how this goes and how that goes. Yeah. And she did ask us, you know, how should I handle that? Mm -hmm. It's getting discouraging because it's really not much fun. Yeah, yeah. So what's your thought on that? What what would be your tip yeah. on that? Yeah, I think that it's a common problem amongst pickleball circles across the nation where everyone feels it's their right to coach and to instruct and to to help. Let me help you. Hey, let me give me some advice. And I think it's just, I'm not sure why, but I think that players who've been there a few years, obviously there's a lot of rules in the game. But it almost, it's almost overstepping boundaries on the court, I, I think, personally, where I'm not coaching on court. I'm a coach. I coach full-time. But when I'm playing with friends or in rec play, I'm not doing any coaching, ever, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. unless I'm invited to coach. So I think coaching is a, is a privilege and needs to, needs to have permission. There you go, two Ps. Oh, the two Ps! <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So it, it ne you need to be given permission, and it is a privilege. So we are. I, I wait to be invited to coach, or say, "What do you What do you think about this?" Or "What should I do here?" So if I'm with players and they're not asking me, I w and I'll see obviously see people making errors or getting frustrated, but to step in and say, "Let me let me give you some advice," it's often um, not well received, you know. And I think that for your your friend, she's getting anxious. She's feeling overwhelmed by advice from so many different players. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really not helping to have lots of advice from so many different voices and, and people saying different things. And people almost set themselves in the position as coach because they've played longer and it's not necessarily good advice. So, and it can be conflicting advice as well. So mm -hmm. she's hearing different things from different players and it becomes confusing. 
So I'd say for your friend, the most important thing is to enjoy the game and to really politely re reject the advice. You know? <laughs> and so we have had a couple things that we have said in the past when we were newer. Mm -hmm. Annie, you mm -hmm. had one that you like to say. What was your response? Yes, my response was... Thank you. I'm currently working on my pickleball game. I think we all have things we're working on. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. And then it yeah. was like this. Bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, as a coach, you're in a position where you are, you're giving correction and it's almost, you know, it's criticism in a constructive way. But if it's not delivered in the right way or in the right environment or being invited to, then it, it's just seen as criticism. You're just criticizing mm -hmm. or you're jumping on mistakes. So, you know, that's why I avoid coaching if I'm doing rec play or just with friends or just on the courts. I'll just resist the temptation to coach. And I mm -hmm. think that it's important for beginners especially to just enjoy playing and it's okay to make mistakes and recognize that you are going to make mistakes and having people jumping on your mistakes and correcting you or telling you what you should be doing mm -hmm. can make you more nervous and, and make more mistakes, you know? So yes. I would encourage them just to say that, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I, I just really want to have fun. I, I appreciate your advice, but I'd rather just listen to my friend who I'm here with and just mm -hmm. sort of say that I've got one friend who's helping me learn the game and I don't really want 10 different people <laughs> giving advice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, I've even seen people come up to you while you're playing in rec and they'll say something to someone who's even maybe a little more experienced and they didn't see what was going on. Right. And they have a lot of good advice for you too that starts to you know, cause conflict in your mind. Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't see what just had happened and why you were doing what you were doing. And yeah. it can be confusing. So I think that's really good advice. Mm. And mm. I think that's something that all of our listeners can really benefit mm. from and feel confident in saying, hey, yep. you know. And that really yeah. brings us into our next tip on mental, um, the mental part of the game, where mm. once people are on your butt about things, mm. it's like, game over so what's your mm. tip on meant on the mental part of the game yeah i think it's it's a an overlooked part of the game obviously more coaches are starting to talk about it as as people advance the it's really the most important part of the game you know the mental game is what separates the good from the great michael jordan said mm -hmm. and um it's you see the top players in any field in any sport are ice cold, they're cool, they're calm, they're collected, they have their they have their composure on courts and they seem unflustered by when they're losing. And I think that you know allowing your emotions to take over in a game is is um, you know getting angry, getting upset, getting emotional in the game is is um, can lead to your game falling apart. And I think there's a difference between psyching yourself up and becoming angry. So there's two, two different things there. One is a deliberate action of getting yourself excited. Come on, you know, let's go and all these sort of things. And you're sort of amping yourself up. And the other is, is criticizing yourself. That was stupid or oh, you idiot. And, and this sort of way you're criticizing yourself 
or demeaning yourself in anger or you're just upset or kicking the floor or whatever. So I think that, you know, I think that what, one is a negative and the other one is, is bringing you into a higher level of play. Mm-hmm. But I see that I see the top players in in most sports are have just incredible composure. So they don't seem flustered if they're winning or losing. They just seem very calm under pressure. And, and you, you look at the top top players in the world. They they just seem uh, that they have their thoughts gathered. They're they're very focused. They're not showing emotion, and they're not showing weakness or strength. They're just really in the in the moment in the game. And you mentioned um, self-talk. Mm. Yeah. So I think that I think that self-talk is is a real key to the highest level in the mental game. I think the the sort of starting level is being positive, which is important. Mm-hmm. But if if you only say, you know, you've got this, keep going, you can do it, you're the best, you know, it's very surface level. And if you're losing. Eight zero, and you're saying you're the best. You're the best. You've got it. <laughs> you know, it's sort of. Thinking, well, if I, you, your brain's gonna be thinking, well, if I'm a best, why am I losing? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I think there has to be. It has to go beyond just positive talk, and it has to be specific to the situation. And it obviously needs to be positive, but it needs to be game specific, and your problem solving in the game, and and your self talk is is directed at solving how do I win this game so mm-hmm. it, it, you know instead of just saying you, you're great you've got this you're saying you know focus more on the ball um, bring the player in close you know uh, cut down the errors or you know whatever the self-talk is and recognizing that you know I mentioned earlier your, your own self-talk is is more powerful than anyone else's talk to you so we talk at 140 words per minute and our self-talk is at 800 words a minute so our brain wow. and self-talk is, is going so fast that you could be saying to me, you've got this mark, you can do it. But my my own self-talk is going at such a rapid rate. I need to get hold of those thoughts and um, really direct them into specifically targeting what I need to be doing on the court mm-hmm. uh, and so directing my thoughts towards what, how do I solve this problem and how do I win this game? You know? And then that so, keeps your mind busy trying to do that versus saying, dummy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I love this. Yeah. So we have a beginner tip. We have a mental fortitude tip. Mm. How about a tip for those three, five, four point players that are really trained to move into that next level? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, 3.540, I think working a lot in the midcourt area is really key. Becoming comfortable midcourt, learning to defend from being attacked to your feet. So learn to reset off the bounce, reset on the volley. So really spending a lot of time working in that transition area. Mm-hmm. And then I think for advanced players, you want to move on to advanced players. I think that it's really about fine tuning an engine. So I look at beginner players as you've got this old, not necessarily old, but you've got an engine. <laughs> Pickle balls for all ages. So you've got, a, we say, a big, a big engine, a big rusty engine, and it needs a lot of work. The pistons might be stuck. It needs oiling. It needs freeing to be to move well, and and you know, I don't know what you do with an engine, but to make it shiny again and work. And so there's a lot of work to do when you're a complete beginner, but as you advance in the game. 
it's more fine tuning. So you you work on small areas that will will take your game to the next level. So at the highest level, in any sport, you're looking at the difference of, the, of a reaction time increasing, your explosive movement increasing, your speed, your coordination. So it's fine. It's, you're working in seconds and milliseconds. So I think you know one thing I've been thinking about recently is about for advanced players is roll the ball more than hook the ball. And what I mean by that is we're trying to, you know, be creative and, you know, when you play, when you play good players or very, you know, advanced players, they can already reset. They can already hit good roll volleys that they serve very well. They can reset the ball. They dink, they dink game strong. So you're trying to find a small area where you can expose and often it's through dis disguise and through being creative and, and having variety in your game. So you're not predictable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be just reducing the pace on an attack could be the difference. So you're attacking at one speed and you reduce the pace and your, oh, change, of your change of pace was the weapon because it's invisible. You can't see change of pace. So my, my tip about hooking, uh, rolling rather than hooking is that we can tend to try and want to push towards the lines more and try and hit a, a last minute change of direction. Mm -hmm. And when you hook the ball, I'm trying to find my hand. If we hook the ball like this, it can tend to bring the ball off the court. And when you roll the ball like, like this, it, it has more control and accuracy. And the tendency is to want to hook the ball to change direction last minute to bring surprise, but it's a risky, it's a risky move. It can pay off if you're, if you're really, honed in but it could often pull the ball a little too wide so i would roll the ball more than hook the ball for those advanced players mm. that's a great tip that's that is a great tip a wonderful yep. tip yes <laughs> i like that one and now annie and i have been kind of working on something we're going to the ppa tour and we have been working on which we got from you the x strategy okay good <laughs> and stuff. so give us a little bit of info and, and a tip you know why we love that pickleball chicks chick with the next fantastic so this works for us <laughs> that's great this is your tip this is mine <laughs> good Okay. Yeah, so the X strategy is, it's a simple strategy. I think it's a foundational play or pattern. So you're recognizing who takes which ball. And I think that it's misunderstood as a rule, and yet it's more of a foundation of play. So it's not, it's not a rule in the sense that you, you always do this. And I think that's where it's misunderstood, is that people are thinking you, this is how you always play. And yet it's more of a foundation pattern of knowing who takes which ball. So the extra strategy is simply the cross-court player takes covers the middle. So if the ball is in front of you, if you're on the on the left and the ball's in front of you, your your responsibility is the line and your partner's responsibility is the is the middle. Because to cover my partner's line is very hard. I've got to run around my partner to cover their line. So I can't cover their line. They have to cover their line. And I cover the middle if the ball's on the diagonal across from me. So the challenge is that um, 
that there are exceptions to the, to the rule. So if you're higher up the courts or in a position to poach, you can always break the rule and poach for your partner. But that's the exception. And that what happens is people teach all the exceptions and it becomes very confusing because there looks like no consistent pattern of who, but I'm here, you cover the ball. If I'm at front, I've got it. And they're saying forehand takes the middle and all these different things that are said that make things confusing. And I think that we need to stay with a, a foundation of play, that the X strategy is the, is the foundation. And then outside of that, we can break the rules depending on our position on the court. So if, if my partner's ahead of me, and a stronger position, they can always poach me and protect me if I, they're further up the courts. But if we both stand in the middle and both look at each other and it goes through the middle because we both thought we had it, that's where the problem is because we're not sure who takes the ball. And when we overcrowd each other, it becomes confusing because we're both moving towards the middle and we both think we're going to take the ball. So the X strategy is a simple strategy for knowing who takes which ball. So I think, and then I think it, it reduces the overcrowding. And if you know who, who's supposed to cover the middle and who's covers the line, then it's just a simple way of knowing I don't need to cover, crowd you because I'm, I'm going to trust you to cover the middle. You're going to come over and cover for me and I can Our cover the line. Trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. We trust yeah. our partner. Yes. That is, that is really, that's a, another very good point, is partner trust. Yeah. Do you trust yeah, yeah. the person you're playing with? And so yeah. that is, I do yeah, trust yeah. you. I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. really great. That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many tips that we would love to dive in with you and, and share all this beautiful information Thank with you. our listeners. But we will remind everyone that they can find you at markpricepickleball.com as right. well as your Instagram. And your Instagram handle is? MarkPricePickleball. <sighs> Woo! Nice and easy. Yes. Nice and easy. Yes. And we have a lot of other things that we'd like to talk to yeah. you about. So shall because we? Because I have been wondering about this. Now, Annie and I have been back and forth about it. So if I am hitting a third ball drive, now, I know that I have watched mm. you say, hit the ball straight to the person in front of you or mm. slightly to the middle. Mm. And Annie and I have gone back and forth. And, mm. and Annie likes to do a third ball lob. Sometimes <laughs> I do like to do that. It's, it's done you great. It's done our team great. I've turned into a lobber in Marco Island yes. this winter, Fantastic. and I, I've never lobbed as much. But it always, I mean, you're always rocking and rolling, so bravo. It's been a lot of fun. So there is, you had some ideas on that third shot. Yeah, so so tell us what you think about that and why, mm. what the reason behind it, because I think our listeners would want to know that and, and want that info. Yeah, so I think... A third shot lob is can be very effective. I've seen the pros are using it occasionally. It's a difficult shot. I think what I would say is go with what's working. So in a game, if it's very windy and you keep trying to lob and, it's, and the ball's blowing out, you're making lots of errors, then you need to readjust your game and really look at what's working on the day. So if you're, you know, you're playing a game and your lob's working and 
you're able to get in, you're you're pushing players back, and it's you know it's it's a good strategy if it's working for you. However, if if you've got players who are very athletic and they're they're smashing every lob and you're losing points because of the lobbing, then it's recognizing to not keep going back to the same thing that is not working. It may sound obvious, but it's amazing how many players they they want to get it in and they want to win a point with a lob, or, and they keep trying it because <laughs> they want to win at least one point, and they lose five points and they get one. I go, oh yeah, I got it, I got the one point. They, they lost five. They lost five in a row. Yes, that's watch. true. So, what is yeah. the reasoning then, if with the drive to go right mm. to the person in front of you instead of cross court? Mm. Yeah. So it's simply the geometry of the court. So if you go to the player in front of you, then the distance is is less. So the player at the net has less time to react to the ball, the pace of the ball, and the distance is less. Mm -hmm. So you drive to the player in front of you. They have less time to react to the ball. If you go cross court. They've got at least two more feet, and they've got more time to really attack that ball. So I've seen that by going cross court, they can create bigger angles on the attack. They can hit more angles, and also they can punish you more because they're, they're watching the ball for longer. So if you go to the player in front of you, they've got less time to react, and it puts you in a, a strong position. So I would always drive at the player in front, um, but, or, or down the middle. But the, the front player is good because that. Then they defend themselves, and the ball lands around midcourt for you. So Ooh. I think I think driving at the plane foot is a good option. Nice and simple. I mean, it makes it very I know. simple. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that reminds me of another tip that I've heard along the way, and I don't know if everybody remembers, but oh, that's the word of the day. Let's take a sip. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> forgot about that. You forgot about that. Cheers to you, Mark. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, when you do I've that. got Perrier. I've got Perrier, and you've got. I love yes. it. Ooh. Well, I'm drinking a beer in a. Pickleball. Yes. Champagne. Oh, and these. I mean, that's pretty cute. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it, but they're available on our website. Ah! Okay. okay. Very good. So real quick, I had heard along the way somewhere that when you're dinking, that you should go cross court. Mm. Is that true, or what's your opinion on that? Good question. Thank you. Yeah. So, obviously, cross court dink has you've got more space, so you've got more more area to cover. You know, more area to put the ball in. It's easier to keep it in play, and easier to to not get it too high for your opponents if you're going cross court. Because the distance is further, and you're going over a lower part of the net. Of the net. So mm -hmm. if you're going straight on, you've got less distance and it's easier to get too high. So a straight dink is a little harder to keep it low. So I, I think saying to always go cross court is the wrong advice. You, you know, I would, I would do your majority of your dinks cross court because of those two reasons. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a safer, it's a safer cross court dink. And, but I would sort of mix it where you put the ball. So instead of putting the same place every time when you go cross court, I'd go maybe towards the, towards their outside foot a few times, and then maybe go for an inside foot. Oh, that so you're, so you're, so you're bringing... Now that right there was an excellent tip. That's another great yeah. tip. This is so helpful. You know? <laughs> you're very kind. Oh. But I mean, that those are the little things mm -hmm. that the person who's just getting into it, but yet they've moved up a level 
mm. and they're like, oh my gosh, that that's one thing I can manage. I can yeah. add yeah. that to my game. Yeah. yeah. The great thing about Pickleball is that you can you can practice with two of you, you know, work on drills and, and mini games. And so, you know, you could practice your cross-court dinking and <clears throat> work into a drill where you're playing for points and work on placing the ball in different spots on the court, you know. So um, I think that what's what's great about drilling is that it, the more you do it, it, it can, you become more competent in it, you become, get a feel for the ball. And then when you play a game, because you've been practicing and having repetitions, then it become it can feel it can start to feel like a drill, and you already you already know what you should be doing, or the yeah. movement, or the power angles, and mm -hmm. so I think you know drilling is really really key to improving in your game. It is key, yes. But we hate it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always fun, it's always fun to play games. That's for sure. Hey, you know, and speaking of drills, with tips, and instruction, you have a lot mm. of camps. You provide yeah. camps. Would like yeah, to get yeah. into your camps and then talk about your foundation. Yes. Yeah. So we we've been doing camps for the last three years. We started doing local camps in Georgia and did six camps the first year. Last year we did twenty camps across wow. across the states. Wow. And then this year we're going global. So we're be, we're going to be going to Jamaica, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Scotland. Germany, England, so we're all over, all over the world. Wow! The pickleball chicks are coming with yes. you, Mark. I, I think we are. I mean, we're available. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, well, congratulations to you Thank and you. all of your successes with your camps and Thank all you. of the differences that you have made in people's love, enjoyment, and skill in the most fabulous game in the world, pickleball. But um, we also would really like to talk to you about your foundation. Would you mind sharing yeah. some information and some upcoming yeah. events? Yeah. So we partnered with um, Saving Susan Ministries and Score International. And then we've got a foundation called Mark Price Pickleball Foundation. It's actually the Mark Price Pickleball Kids Foundation. And <laughs> we are looking to take the joy of pickleball to children who are in need, to orphanages or children who have you know very little and just bringing the joy of people already you know bring community and and a new addiction so you know it's a really a really special thing to uh you know take take equipment and train staff in different areas and leave them the gift of pickleball you know it's it's um it's something we take for granted and and enjoy playing but some children don't have the resources or the means to be able to play or they or know know about the game mm -hmm. so to go into a into an area and bring nets and balls and paddles and and teach the local staff the game and then leave them the equipment to be able to continue is a really you know beautiful thing i do so, love uh, that i love it that's really wonderful that. and you know we will volunteer so you just let us yes. know yes thank you and we i mean our thing is to have fun but yet to help people and we want to yeah, just be beautiful. inclusive so mm -hmm. beautiful that is so wonderful and you know regarding pickleball mm. what has connected you so passionately to this fabulous sport why do you love it so much mark Ooh. yeah the it's just um it's a game like nothing else i've ever played i think the community aspects and 
you know, people come together, they have fun. There's obviously very competitive at every level. And, but it's, it's just a beautiful game where everyone celebrates great, great points and great shots. So I love that about the game where we can have a great rally and it doesn't matter who wins the point, we're all celebrating. Wow, that's amazing. What a great rally. What a great point. So it has a real community and sort of a warmth about it where other sports, you're further away from your opponents and there's less engagement. But in pickleball, and they're you're, out for blood. You know, Everybody's out for blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in pickleball, you're, you know, you're with your, you're with your opponents. There's banter, there's, there's camaraderie, there's connection. And I just think it's just a, a really beautiful sport that can be played from, you can have grand, grandparents playing with grandchildren, every age, every age range and every ability playing together on the, on the same court and having fun. So it's a really unique, really unique sport that brings families together. And, um, and the communities are just, you can travel all over the States and find communities who welcome and embrace you because you're a pickleball player. So it's, it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. We really love that about yes. pickleball as well. Now, yeah. Rebecca always has a question that she loves to ask each of our guests. Yeah. So you ready for this, Mark? Okay, I think. It's a good one. <laughs> okay, so if you could pick someone to be your doubles partner, it mm. can be anyone, guy, girl, and it doesn't even have to be a pickleball player. It can be anybody you want. Who would it be? And why? Okay, so I would pick Vivian David, who's a pro female partner. So obviously she plays at the highest level, but I think that you know, seeing her on court, seeing how warm she is, she's always smiling, laughing, and I think for a a doubles partner to have someone who isn't critical, who is a good player, but encouraging, warm, friendly. You don't feel intimidated to play with someone who is encouraging on court. So I think that, you know, having someone who, uh, you know, the best doubles partners are those who who lift you up when you're struggling. And I think great. that she would be a, a great partner. So that's a great answer. That is a so, super answer. And you know, I probably need to mention my wife at this point as well. <laughs> yes, yes. I do think my wife is wonderful. Wait a second. But, but she is not. She is not a pickable player. <laughs> so. But is she going? Do you think she? Do you think you guys will ever get on the court together? Yeah. So my wife never played any racket sports before. So, and she. So if she she's come and played with me before, but she feels embarrassed that she's not very good, and she's saying, "Well, you're a pro. I should be better." <laughs> I say, "Well, <laughs> this is not transferable." <laughs> I, know I know we're married, but so she she puts pressure she puts pressure on herself and feels that we you know that she should do better because she's married to me so does she, um, she puts undue undue pressure does she have a sport that she plays um no she she loves hiking she's she's a real outdoors girl so loves yeah. hiking and, and the outdoors so that's her passion is is going for a hike on the mountains or getting away yes mm. well that so, sounds fantastic uh, so you know <laughs> it sounds wonderful why, yes, it does. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. But, you know, we have not yet asked you, how did you get into the sport of pickleball, Mark? Yeah, so when I moved to America, my wife had a friend who loved pickleball, and he wanted to, he heard as a coach, so asked if I would come and join him to play. 
and I've been coaching for 30 years racket sports in in uh, in England and um, but the name just put me off you know I was really not interested in a game called pickleball <laughs> so, so I think I think like many people the get the name put me off initially and this friend asked me for three months kept asking me to play and I kept saying oh, I'm busy or I can't play today and eventually my wife said, Mark, you've got to go. He keeps asking. <laughs> it's embarrassing. You know, you've got to go and play. So reluctantly, I went and played. And, you know, to my shock, just fell in love with the game from day one. So, um, I mean, the same story as many other players. It's, um, it's addictive. It's incredibly fun. It's, it's a complex game. So more than meets the eye. It looks like a simple game, easy to pick up, but hard to master. And I think that the nuances of the game and how it's, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. So it looks like just hitting a ball over the net, but when you understand the strategy involved and the, the no volley zone, it brings a unique sort of, um, you know, there's no other game with an area, a safety area where you can put the ball and you're safe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just a really fascinating game. And so I just fell in love with that from day one. I then played four hours a day. <laughs> that day. So, Bravo. So that's where all these fabulous tips come from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so we wanted to ask you also, we know that you have an e-book when people go out to your website and sign up for the newsletter, but you also yeah. have some e-books and some books coming out. Is that right? Yeah. So we've written five e-books, which are all coaching tips, the seven tips per book. And we're going to be releasing all five volumes in the next month. So we've been working with a publisher and so I'm really excited to share my tips in a book form. And the idea is it's a small book. It's, uh, it's a sort of site, like the sort of size. We call it A6 in England, but I'm not sure what you call it in America. <laughs> but it's like, um, I think you're right. It's just like a, it's like a small, you know, small ebook. And the idea is to, to put it in your pickleball bag. And then in between games, if you put your panel and you're, you're waiting for rotations, you can look through a few tips or, mm -hmm. you know, you're struggling to play in the wind. You can look for tips on playing in yeah. the wind or, or movements or um, the mental game. So we've tried to keep the tips varied for all skill levels and covering as, as much variety in the game as possible. So, and and yeah. that's going to be on your website, right? Yeah. So we are, um, we'll launch it through Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be the first to hear. And then we'll probably have a link on the website as well to how to buy them. Oh, so, I think that's uh, great. And by the way, if our listeners are not following you on Instagram, they need to. They do. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Your tips are just, again, extraordinary. Thank They're you. very easy to digest and apply on the court. And it gives uh, you know a lot of confidence and it elevates thank the you. fun and the joy. And we really thank you for really helping the sport of pickleball yeah, for all of you. us. Thank you so because much. Because not everybody has a coach. No. Yeah. And you. now they do right here on the screen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And say, speaking of coaching and camps, when mm. are your next uh, camps, your upcoming camps? Yeah. So we have one in Raven County, which is in Tiger, Georgia. Um, we've got one in Woodstock. They're actually all over. I, I struggle to know where I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Nice. So, so people say, where are you, where are you next month? And I'll say, what? Well, check on my website. It's on the website. <laughs> so well, I think we're, we're, we're adding camps daily to the websites. So I think there's probably, there may be 12 or 15 on there now and then um, throughout the year. And then we're adding daily to the website where we're going to be. Oh, that so. is so great. We are excited to stay in touch with you. We are grateful for your time today. And I know our listeners, they have benefited oh. big time from all yes. of your tips, Mark. Thank yeah. you so very much. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you, Mark. And have a wonderful afternoon. And we look Thank forward you. to seeing you in Germany. <laughs> I'm going to Jamaica. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so like much, Mark. And make sure everybody checks out all his stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Mark Price Pickleball. And Thank on his so website. Much. Yes. Thank you so Mark much. MarkPricePickleball.com. <laughs> MarkPricePickleball.com. And on Instagram, you. your handle is MarkPricePickleball. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, yes. Thank Take you care. so much, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey. Wow. MarkPricePickleball.com. You want to, I mean, mm -hmm. I could watch for hours. I'm not joking. I know. Everything about it and the drone action that he has, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just all super great. His instructional tips on Instagram are so well produced. Yeah. They really are extraordinary. And again, it's content that you can consume. You can do something with it because you can digest it. You can understand it and you can get on the court and apply it. And he's just a nice, nice man. Like mm -hmm. everybody in pickleball, nice family, mm -hmm. inclusive. Wow. We've met the neatest people. And yeah. speaking of, nice and family mark also has his foundation let's face it that's pretty cool really cool and yeah. he's just a real great guy yep so again we do encourage you to follow him you will not be let down and i personally am excited for his ebooks i am too and i think he's gonna want one of these pickleball chick visors Ooh. i don't know if anybody's noticed <laughs> but we want to feature uh something from our website mm -hmm. every podcast mm -hmm. and people have asked so much about these yes. and we thought we should feature them mm -hmm. i love them www.pickleballchicks with an x dot com. com now did you listen to the tip about the X strategy. Yes. Can you see why Pickleball Chicks and Mark Price are so well aligned? Yes. We <laughs> <I> can. <laughs> That's so great. Thanks again for listening. And again, we are super excited to thank all of you. Yes. 4,000 followers Instagram. Woo! Thank and you. Thanks for all the birthday wishes. Oh, yes. Bye. Bring me the next.